Welcome to the Hear All Voices podcast by Speaky. I'm your host, Scott Lane, and in this podcast, I will bring you a fresh perspective on all things ESG. I'm joined by experts who will provide a clear step-by-step path for companies to integrate ESG at every level and conversations that will challenge you to abandon your current thinking and use the principles of ESG to drive business performance, build value for customers, and protect the community and the planet. Welcome to this edition of the Hear All Voices podcast, brought to you by Speaky. My name is Scott Lane, the CEO of Speaky, and as part of my role, I bring together executives and professionals from the compliance, governance, and ESG sectors across the world and across all industries in order to bring some value and some guidance to each of you, our listeners, around some key topics. This podcast will be no different, and I'm going to be joined by an expert in the field who has joined us from a company called Endava. Ilya Gospodinov is the Head of Integrity and with Legal Operations for Endava, and we're going to be talking about one of the biggest challenges that faces governance and compliance professionals in building a culture of compliance, building an organization that sees the values of the company, but also really lives and breathes those values throughout all of the work that they do. Often many of us in this area try and strive to have our organizations with that value proposition that will drive us in those challenging moments that companies and people will always find themselves in. So let me first welcome Ilya to our podcast. Thank you, Scott. Great to be here. Thanks for the invite. One of the things that might help some of our listeners is to understand a little bit more about Endeavor and the location which you operate. And tell me a little bit about the business so we can put that in perspective and understand a little bit more about some of the challenges you have. So take us through the Endeavor business. Sure. Endeavor is headquartered in London and it's public on the New York Stock Exchange. We're a company that engages world-class engineering to deliver IT services to different clients, sectors, and verticals throughout the world. And that is a global company that reimagines the relationship between people and technology, and that's growing all the time, with a strong presence in Europe, the Americas, the Middle East, and Asia-Pacific. And as I understand it, you have about 12,000 staff, and the majority of which work very closely with some of the largest companies in the world helping them with transforming their technology operations and transforming their businesses to really engage in the new digital environment that we're all now faced with. Is that an accurate reflection of the business? Yes. What we provide is not only code or project delivery. We add additional value through very integrated teams, teams that operate responsibly, teams that are aware of those very, very important aspects of client delivery, including quality, information security, risk management, and any other aspects that we feel could bring additional value to the client. And I noticed from your title that you've using the words head of integrity. Now, I've seen that a few times, and I've seen people talk about head of compliance or sometimes ethics and integrity. Tell us a little bit about sort of the head of integrity wording and a little bit about your role. Yeah, this is a very modern discussion. I can say that initially we also had a unit 
around the notion of compliance. But as that unit grew with its scope and as we became more aware as to how compliance sounds in our internal internal communication, in our organizational culture, we understood that it's possibly not the right way to go forward since we don't like the notions of rules, the notions of following up or complying with. And instead, we introduced integrity as a concept, as something that's a more holistic approach, taking into consideration, of course, legal compliance and everything that's there in that subscope, but then adding the aspect of our culture, our people, and a lot of internal communication uh, and awareness around integrity. And so when you made that change from the com- typical more compliance-focused naming and roles and you move to more integrity, did it require support from management? And were management behind this initiative? Were they driving that initiative? Was it something that you had to you know, help them understand or were they fully in support? That's probably one of the more frequent discussions that we always take while initiating such a project that needs to be well-defined and cascaded throughout a big organization and the growing organization at the same time. So first, I'd like to point out that we don't use the word management in Andala. We have leadership teams in Andala. We have our global senior leadership team. We have leadership teams at local level in all our locations. So I would say that leadership standing behind such initiatives is essential to the success of the initiative itself. Whether it's a project or it's culture that we want to target as the endpoint for this initiative. Having leadership standing behind the initiative is vital, but for us and for myself, it's been really easy. And it's really great to be part of a team where those values and those notions of operating responsibly and the notions of integrity have been actually set up and initialized many years ago by our leadership team and by our CEO. So in that direction, we have strong support and a very open culture to be able to do what we want to get done. And this is to end up with a place where everyone feels or tends to be an integrity champion. And when I look at your core purpose and values, which are reflected across the company, something really strikes me as quite different and I think quite interesting for a lot of our listeners. The core values look at words that not every company looks at. And and I'll walk you through some of those core values and have you comment on them. But one of the core values is smart. By And you say that you employ smart, clever people and you blend experiences together to bring a value to a customer. You talk about being thoughtful about how you care about the customers, their organizations, and and the countries in which you operate in. Another value you have is is to being open. And in fact, you define openness as hiding nothing from your customers. You describe yourself as adaptable. And most important, you, you describe yourself as trusted. And talking about that relationship that's within the company and its employees, and also with its leadership, and also with its customers. In fact, you talk about trust as a marriage of equals. Tell me a little bit about those values and how they came about. Well, the values have had 
an omnipresence in Endava ever since I joined, which is almost seven years ago, today's date. So those values were something that initially drew me to Endava. And what I understood very quickly, even through the process of interviewing and getting to know people from Endava more and more, what I understood is that we really stand behind those values. This is not only to say that, yes, we stand behind our values, etc., etc. What we do on a day-to-day basis, whether it's internally within Endava, whether it's on delivery level or on corporate level, whether it's in relation to our employees or in relation to our partners and clients, everything revolves around our values. So even our initiatives around corporate policies, group policies and procedures, and initiatives like uh, projects to incorporate or to add an additional aspect into our culture, all of these initiatives connect first to our values and then move forward with what uh, needs to be done. Now, obviously, like a lot of companies, you've grown from a set of founders through to what is now 12,000 people spread across the world and and being a, a listed company. How have you managed to keep those values at the forefront of the company with so much growth and also so much change into becoming a from private to a public company? How have you kept that momentum and kept that focus on those values? And how have you managed not to lose sight of them or to be forced, I guess, to change them in light of economic conditions or financial conditions? How have you managed to keep that such at the forefront of the business? It's very challenging. What I'd like to accentuate here is that it needs a lot of deliberate effort. So we cannot just leave these notions to be cascaded or under or even understood or taken into consideration in our day-to-day business or by each and every one of us in our day-to-day jobs without a deliberate effort to always work on our values, on cascading them properly, adding our code of conduct, adding our additional policies, for example, like and processes like the Speak Up Safely process. This is something that's being deliberately done in a way where our employees see us as a trusted partner, a partner that's here not to police, but an integrity team that's here to listen, to understand, to support, and to help everyone based on our values to perform in a responsible way and to be champions of integrity. And one of the challenges that companies face is often that position of leadership at the top and also leadership in the middle as to whether they really do live these values and they do live what the code of conduct says. What are your observations about your top management and middle management? How do you see them living these values and how do you keep it at the front of their mind? Yeah. So I've come from a very pyramidal organization previously, which was a big telecom group. And after arriving in Andava, it was very easy for me to understand, but it was also quite a big surprise 
to see how much Endawa is a horizontal, a company of horizontal communication and open channels to discuss, to reach out and to support and to help. There's a frequent saying where companies say, we have an open door policy. For us, there is no open door policy. We have no doors. So when you see senior leadership stating openly there that you should just reach out to them when you have something to say, when you have a concern, or when there's something uh, of importance for, for their attention, then that communication flows very easily and leads to very quick and positive results. And how do you encourage people in the company? I mean, let's say it's a, a new employee or it's perhaps a lower level employee. How do you encourage them to have that, that strength or that power or that comfort to be able to speak up to the leadership team and to talk to them about a particular concern they have, or perhaps even a, an issue that they've identified or you know, have seen something or heard something, but perhaps it's a whistleblower type issue. How do you make it right for those people and comfortable for those people to speak up and have their voice heard in a safe way? What do you do that really gives them that power of their voice? Yeah, that's the, the final end of the equation in my eyes. We need to be very deliberate, but a lot of this is cascaded down throughout the organization. I mean, not only vertically down, but spread throughout the organization through putting the right people in the right places. And by having leadership teams in all our locations who also understand the importance of our values and are able to cascade those even more and accentuate our values and our culture and our processes in a way that they will create an environment people can grow, where people are not afraid to fail, and where people can become the best they can be. To make this even better, we've added a lot of different channels for our people to be able to reach out, to be able to ask help or just understand a concern they have. So there are multiple channels. We've also added an additional layer of people who we call the speak up reps, who are people who are specifically inclined and trained to support anyone in any location, in any Andava location globally to be able to reach out, to discuss, and to create that, that environment where they understand the circumstances of the situation, they feel comfortable discussing it, and then potentially that situation might be discussed and resolved there. Of course, this is uh, one of our topics of conversation and our cooperation actually lies by having speaky stand behind our speak up process to support also a fully anonymous two-way communication whenever anyone, a third party or an Endawa employee feels that's needed. When I read your statements around environmental and social governance, what's very interesting to me about them is that 
they use a couple of words that I find you know, truly remarkable and quite powerful. And I noticed that when your CEO recently was talking about the ESG program, he talked about the fact that the values that you have distinctive and that they drive the way that you operate both as a business and as human beings. And he goes on to say that we're thoughtful, we care deeply about the success of our people, our customers, and the communities that we're a part of. They're powerful words because it really shows that caring mentality and what the resultant of which is that level of trust that's obviously built up between both employees and leadership, but also within the ecosystem of the company. And you can feel those words and you can reel those words as you look through your material and you can really sense uh, that caring, trusting nature across the leadership team and the employees. So I commend you for that, what is amazing achievement to have the business drive that. And my question is, a lot of this driven by top leadership, is it driven by the CEO? How important is that cultural element of the CEO in making these words a reality and not just words on a page? Oh, it's absolutely vital to the whole notion of our values. John has been the loudest voice in Endava when it comes to values and culture. And in my eyes, it's always been around principles instead of us having rules, policies, and procedures. So of course, as a public company, we need to have a strong level of internal controls, which are supported by group-wide policies and processes. But the discussion has always been around values and John, has been leading that discussion always in the direction as to how to connect our system of policies and processes to our values. And this is what makes us distinctive. We don't feel that we can at any point create enough rules or enough policies or enough procedures in a way to cover all these ethics, value and integrity related aspects. Yeah, it's a really interesting comment. And I think I entirely, I absolutely agree with you that one of the challenges I think is particularly as companies grow and they get into larger risk areas, whether it's countries or customers, or perhaps even the size of their business gets larger and, and therefore by its nature, a little bit riskier, they tend to address that risk by policies, procedures, rules. And sometimes I think, as you say, it's tough because it bogs the business down to a degree that makes it very challenging to navigate some of these rules. And it also potentially frustrates people. And what I think you've managed to do at Endava is you found that right balance between having the necessary policies and procedures, but relying on the, the ethics, the values, the integrity, and that layer of trust that you've built to fill in the blanks and to fill in those areas so that people know innately what to do. It's engaged in their DNA. You don't need to explain it to them. It's part of your process to hire people who understand this and who buy in on it. And presumably when you find situations where they don't buy in, that they're removed from the organization and that you manage to keep this core adoption of the principles that you've developed. Really admire the work that you and the company have done in getting to that stage where I think a lot of listeners in their own companies are faced with this challenge of how do we protect the company and prevent things from happening in risky areas or locations 
And do we do that by reliance on values, integrity, and trust? Or do we do that by building procedures and policies and hopefully making it harder for people to do the wrong thing, but at the same time making it easier for them to do the right thing? And so it sounds like you've found that right balance and it's the balance that worked for you guys. So congratulations. Thanks, Scott. Thanks. It's really great to discuss these topics, these aspects with someone who shares those at the same time. What I need to say is that you mentioned that balance between, let's say, the rules and the principles and the values. I'd say that finding that balance is always a work in progress. It's an ongoing effort that never ends. It's an ongoing effort to intertwine our values and our notions of ethics and integrity into our culture. As we are growing all the time, we are adding new entities to the Andawa group very frequently, and we need to make sure that it's around these principles that people understand what our organization is about. But it's an ongoing effort of a lot of communication and a lot of trust that needs to be established before we can say that we are we feel safe where we are. We are. We like the balance that we have right now. And I think what's really interesting is where we started the program and probably where we'll finish it is your role. Your role isn't about compliance. It's about integrity and values. And that in itself circles us back to the discussion of saying, when you start out with the word compliance and you start out with you're there to ensure compliance or you're driving compliance, even those use of those words themselves sends a certain message to the organization. And even simply changing those titles and changing your focus to being one of more integrity, trust, and values sends a serious message to the organization that I think is really powerful. So I think what you have done, which is, I think, quite innovative and quite forward thinking, is a path that a lot of companies should really think about. And what I'm seeing at the moment in the industry is companies moving along towards your path that you've taken, and they're doing that gradually, but they're doing it initially, and I think quite correctly, by challenging some of the existing norms that they have around policies and procedures. So challenging why we need 25-page policy on a topic, challenging why we need to have 10 rules when we can have one or two principles. What I've seen is initiatives where I've been helping take, for example, 30, 40 policies in a company and turning it into a one-page, six-principles infographic. So moving people away from words and moving them into pictures, moving them away from rules and moving them into principles, and starting that them down that path where I think you've already progressed through that path and you're at the further stage of it. But certainly for some companies, the first step is thinking about the naming, thinking about the positions, thinking about the approach that you have, the principles you have, and thinking about what steps you can take that moves you along that path that you've described. And like you've said, it's always a path. You're always going to be on the path, but you're never going to achieve an objective unless you set foot on the path and keep moving. Right. This is a journey and it's not a quick one. What I feel is that you you connect the dots in a way where 
these notions, the values that you want to cascade, get mixed everywhere. For example, I also, believe me, I, I understand you completely when, when you speak about 40-page procedures or policies. I've previously had in my hands on a lot of occasions quality manuals or policies or procedures of 30, 40 pages. And in my opinion, it's a challenge for a company to get to that point where they understand that principles and simpler principled rules add more value to the company itself. And that direction, it adds more value to everyone who's part or who cooperates with the company. So connecting that dot, for example, I also lead the group-wide quality certification project. In that direction, I travel a lot, but when I travel, we don't only speak about quality when we do those project reviews and when we do our sessions with local leadership teams throughout Endawa. We always speak also and add these aspects of discussion around integrity, around ethics, and around our values. Because even when we discuss code quality, for example, we want to have a team throughout Endava that is ready to do the right thing, that understands what the right thing to do is, instead of just following rules. It's uh, great to hear you talk about such things so positively. And I think you're a great leader in our industry and people that walking through their organizations can use you as a great guiding light. So with that, I will say thank you, Ilya, very much for all your hard work at Andava and for building what I think is a really valuable program for the organization. And it's very clear that it's integrated in the company. It's very clear that management and the leadership team really respect you and what you've brought to them as part of this commitment to integrity. So congratulations, and thank you for being that guiding light in the industry uh, for us to all to follow. You're very kind, Scott. I just feel that this is something that I personally care about very much. So hopefully we'll become even better. And in that direction, thanks again for having me on today's podcast. And I hope to meet you in person at, at some point. I look forward to it. And thank you for your support of Speaky. With that, I'm going to finish the podcast. Thank you, Ilya, very much for your help. And thank you for everybody that is listening to the podcast. As you know, we do a podcast around about each month or so, and we try and find something and somebody out there that's got something really valuable and a true leadership that we can bring to the topics of ESG, governance, integrity, compliance, and all things that help drive the value and the core purpose of companies. So thank you for listening to this edition of the Hear All Voices podcast. We look forward to seeing you at the next edition. Take care. Thank you for listening to the Hear All Voices podcast by Speaky with me, Scott Lane. If you enjoyed this episode and would like to hear more, subscribe to our channel on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you listen. We will be back with a brand new episode in a few weeks. Thank you.